0: Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler.
1: 808, thanks for being with us as it's uh, looking okay outside now for the weather, but it's going to turn cold over the weekend and uh, some changeable weather tomorrow we'll be talking with Tony Lupo bottom of the hour and getting the latest on his prognostication and Brian Houseworth and John Marshall will be giving you those uh, updates uh, as uh, on the respective news services on k w s and uh, and ninety three nine eagle as well um along with uh stephanie how you doing great and John everything good doing good Hannah's over there and um She's still chastising me because we ran late with uh, Senator Lincoln Huff, but that, that we're going to talk with, uh, with uh, Travis Witz, uh, Fitzwater now, Senator Travis Fitzwater from District 10, who I got to meet in person at the Governor's Breakfast last, uh, last week, and we wanted to spend more time with you, Travis. Thanks for joining.
2: Yeah, glad
1: to do it. Hey, you know, some things were sorted out. There was a little uh, tit-for-tat back and forth here on the show in the last few days. Uh, This morning, Lincoln Huff answered some questions that uh, Representative Mayhew had raised about his bill, uh, through his bill, about why aren't we doing more at 44? And I didn't know that there was funding in uh, sort of the preliminary work for 44 that was in the bill, uh, the I-70 bill. That was news to me.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's there's a lot of money being spent on infrastructure across Missouri.
1: And you're the chair of the Transportation Infrastructure and Public Safety Committee. Um, we have a lot to talk about, because I want to try to unpack further something that you uh, talked with us about at the breakfast, and we ran out of time, but a very interesting proposition to... Uh To sort of thinking about redistricting and making more sense with getting legislation done, but as it regards to this, Representative Mayhew said, "Well, this is going to be a big boondoggle," and I think he just meant, "Hey, big government projects tend to run over budget, and they tend to there's not watchdogs. What kind of watchdog is there? uh, Or or watchdogs are there incorporated into the I-70 project?
2: Well, first of all, appropriations." You know, you, you don't appropriate money if you feel the departments aren't doing their job the way they should be. So I think there's been some pushback on that and Don, Don has certainly been a, an advocate for providing accountability to bureaucracies if there's one thing he's good at it's 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 really bad and he was just in my office the other day we had a great conversation um i think it remains to be seen if it's going to be a boondoggle i mean we wouldn't put 2.8 billion dollars in the budget to expand i-70 if we thought it wasn't going to be well used to expand that the artery of our state so uh, i probably disagree with him on how that's going to function i've met with the commission the um, director of modot several times the way they're even they're doing the um the bonding they're going to save us money so i think thus far that you know there's not really a lot of shovels in the ground quite yet because it's so new but thus far i think we're off to a good start on that project
3: travis talk to us about the the debate we could see about changes over child abuse claims
2: well, you know, there's, there's a lot in that space. My wife's a licensed professional counselor and we have dealt, not only does she work with foster care and adoptive kids, but the amount of calls I've gotten since I've been a Senator about foster care issues are are pretty high. And so we, we have a, we have a a system in the state of Missouri that's just not taking care of kids well. And so I have a bill to to try to reform the foster care system. I hope we can get some movement on that this year. If we're doing anything in the legislature beyond what we're constitutionally required to do, which is budgeting, it ought to be fighting for kids.
1: Yeah. And I know that uh, Senator Huff, one of his legislative priorities is about mental health. And as we see... Just outrageous rates, just escalating rates of mental health problems, anxiety and depression in our teens. Maybe having to do with the proliferation and uh, addiction to social media. Who knows where it comes from, but boy, we just don't have enough resources to deal with that. Uh, Can we we pivot a little bit to the discussion about redistricting and representatives, districts within Senate districts? Go through that once more for those that didn't hear it last Thursday.
2: Yeah, so... I have I've had a resolution that I filed several times and I filed it again as a senator this year that would reduce the size of the legislature because we have one of the largest in the country and I don't think it's necessary to have that many. I filed it as a house member because I was frustrated with the the how little influence each representative had in the midst of a senate that was not functioning with supermajorities of Republicans, which remains true today, by the way. And um And so my idea was that we reduce the size, take the the house down a little bit, but those house districts would be drawn within a Senate district. So you'd have more influence over senators. So as it is today, you may have two or three senators that you represent in a single house district, even though those Senate districts are four or five times, five times larger. Um, So I think that's uh one of the one of the pieces where i'm just trying to give each individual member of the House a little bit more authority over the process and try to get their their you know have give them opportunity to have their senator listen to them first and foremost and then secondly you know the I think the districts are are um too small and this is reduces the size of the government there's a there's a lot in there that's good i i believe
0: yeah, I want to point out two things, Senator. I appreciate it. We've had a lot of interest in the interview that we did on on Wake Up from the Governor's Prayer Breakfast on this bill. 93.9TheEagle.com, a lot of people weighing in on it, to, to say the least. I want to point out two reactions we got to the story, and, uh, and, and I want to clarify one thing about it. Number one, Jess Piper, who is a former candidate for office, she responded to my story, and, and I think she was talking to uh, another person, but said, she basically think, thinks they could target Dems, but we could point out the, these changes would not take effect until 2033. So no one in there right now would be targeted. It's a current, um, it's a current House member. They'd be term limited out by then it, if they've served even their entire eight years. And then we had a Republican who responded to the story. Uh, your former colleague, Don Roan. And he said, uh, basically, uh, Senator, that you never filed any bill like this when you were a House member. And I I wrote back to him and said, yes, he did. You filed uh, uh, two two bills that were very similar to this. So I, I definitely want to point that out. There's another provision is part of this, and that would change the term limits for members of the General Assembly. And that hasn't gotten any focus, even though I did write about it in my story. Is there any traction for that? In other words, instead of doing eight and eight or up to eight and eight, you could do sixteen years. For instance, somebody could do eight uh, eight terms in the house if they wanted to under your provision.
2: Yeah, so that's a that's a pretty significant change too. And I I think the reasoning for that, and I actually I don't think I know because this is my bill, but the and I I talked to Senator Igel before you had him on the show last week about this because he's he's a fan of this legislation, and you know I think in Jefferson City. Because of the bureaucracy and the lobbyists being able to wait you out, you know, eight years is not a long time in this building. I've found that out myself. I've been here for nine years. It's flown by. And, you know, the people, once you get your feet under yourself in this building and figure out what's going on and what budget line items go where and where where the money's going and, and what departments are what and who's leading what, by the time you figure that out, you're termed out. And so your ability to really reform government or fight in, with bureaucracies or with lobbyists or whatever is limited based on the institutional knowledge that's lost every uh, single election cycle from uh, term limits. So this just expands it a little bit. I think eight years is a little restrictive. We're still keeping the 16 years total, and you can serve in any chamber but only for 16 years. And I think that's a, that's a reasonable change that Missourians ought to have a, an opportunity to consider.
4: Now, let's talk about Congressional District 3. Last week, we got a big announcement on the retirement of Blaine Luktmeyer. Your name, I think, is on the list of not in, but not necessarily out. I think the list that I saw said you have been mentioned, and certainly your district sets you up. Uh, well, within Congressional District Three, so can you tell us anything about um, about whether you're still considering it or not? And then also talk about. I mean, the district is so broad, and and I think I heard um, from uh, Congressman Luke DeMeyer himself that he would prefer, I think, someone from Mid Missouri as as opposed to you know closer into St. Louis. What what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, well, there's several things there. First of all. Um congressman luke Meyer has has been a great friend in his time in the in the congress i've I'm so thankful he's been there, and not only that but he's taken my phone calls and he's fought for our district. I think one thing he said on in an interview the other day is the amount of constituent services they focused on during a dysfunctional congress really really went to bat for their people and I think that was such a blessing to our district, and that means a lot to a lot of people in my in my community and We are seriously considering running for it. I, you know these opportunities don't come very often. Our my Senate district's in the heart of this district, and so I think it'd be um, I, I don't think it'd be smart for us to not take time and talk about this. My wife and I and our kids and think through whether this is a, a, the right time for us to step up. But we also have a big job to do in the Senate. So there's a lot to consider and it's taking us some time. But we are seriously considering running for it. That is, I think so- having. I, I'm sorry, Having also having a mid-Missouri candidate is also a priority for a lot of us as well.
1: That's Senator Travis Fitzwater, who joins us on Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning.
3: Travis, Cy- Travis cycling back to your uh, comments about uh, cutting the number of lawmakers in Missouri, you know as well as anybody Jefferson City's a company town. When people, primarily state government employees here, somebody talk about cutting whatever, at the Capitol, they worry about losing their jobs, whether they're administrative staff or or work for the House or Senate or whatever Maybe assurances to those folks
2: i think I think reducing the size of the legislature means that we we can probably have a few more professional staff on hand and i think I think we lose. The, the ability to have the resources we need to make good decisions by, um, by being, by cutting too far on the, the staff in the building. Those are the, the folks that we lean on, that we should be leaning on to, to help us think through what we're doing, research what other states are doing, if what we're, what we're taking on is, is effective or not. So I think there's an opportunity to maybe expand staff as a result of reducing the size of the legislature, um, but that remains to be seen. I think we ha- we have to have the discussion first and figure out if if we can even get this to the legislature and give Missourians the opportunity to vote on it.
1: Uh, Senator Fitzwater, since uh, you have a lot to do with uh, you know the the infrastructure issues, uh, what about rocked roads in Missouri? I have a, I have a peculiar uh, connection with those. But people people in my area, on my rocked road and my farm in Macon, have to contribute to the local coffers to get their roads rocked a little bit more, have to throw into the county till now and then and get a little more rock. I mean, boy, we're talking about I-70, but a lot of people drive rocked roads, you know, Uh, these county roads. I mean, is that absolutely separate from state governance and funding or not?
2: Well, you know, I think it it all... Coralic, but we're also spending, we're also giving a lot to the government in several different areas. You know, we property taxes, sales taxes, uh, across the personal and real estate. I mean, we are, we give a lot. I think there's a, there's a lot to figure out how to take care of, uh, those local, those gravel roads. And my in laws have a farm in Macon as well. And so know plenty about dirt roads, there's plenty of them in, in um in Calvary County as well. And I think the county commissioners do the best they can with the resources they have. And uh you know, I think the you know, it may not be perfect but the system we have set up is, is I think in in that way has served us extremely well.
1: Well, I'm going to make a request that we think about some. Uh, <laughs> those are roads that Missouri citizens travel, and if you looked at the total it. mileage, I don't know. Maybe it's something we should consider. Maybe the system isn't engineered just right.
0: A lot of the letter well, roads, a lot of the a, letter roads are actually maintained by the state right now.
2: We're, we have a huge system too, so this is really it's really tricky when we get down to that level because there's so many. If you look at the per, the miles that we have to maintain, it. Yeah. It's pretty significant considering what we're surrounded
1: by. I hear you. I hear you.
2: Hey, well, listen, we'll keep watching your, your, uh, your.
1: and your, I imagine, prayerful consideration of uh, whether or not to run for CD3. Uh, hey, what do you say? You have so many contacts here at Wake Up Mid-Missouri. If and when that announcement's made, you would have an open invitation. I would bump... If we had a, an interview with Donald Trump, if you would announce on this program.
2: Well, we would never ask you to bump Donald Trump, but maybe Lincoln Hunt would ask you to bump him. He'd, oh, will would do that. So, yeah. He'd be so mad at me, and yeah, so well, I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: you mean he'd step away on his own, very own Lincoln days here on no, the program? Yeah, okay.
2: No, he'd be very upset with me, and that would be great, <laughs> great entertainment for Hey, me. well, I hope
1: you'll let us know as soon as you make the decision. We'll get you on we right will. away.
2: All right. Sounds good. Hey,
1: thanks a lot. Good luck today in the Senate. All right. Thanks. There he is, uh, Senator Travis Fitzwater. Interesting news. He's definitely thinking about it.
4: Yeah, there's a lot of folks considering it. That list is getting quite long.
1: Let's see what's going on in the markets up ahead of the open here at 830. As we come back with the morning bell with Stephanie. Stay tuned. More coming up.
0: This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Telling you what you want to hear since 2015. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I hear
1: the bell. That means it's time for the morning bell with Stephanie. What's up ahead of the markets?
4: Well, the futures are mixed this morning with the NASDAQ, just barely positive. The S&P and Dow uh, just barely in the negative. Um, But I'm back on my usual shtick, which is um, my Elon Musk fangirling. Oh, boy. (laughs) I don't
5: know if Randy's been introduced to the the fangirling of Elon. Yeah, I've heard a little bit about it. Yep. Yep. I just
4: love Elon. I mean, he can really do... virtually no wrong in my book um i guess this i'm not super excited did you hear he's going to give don lemon his own program on x no so just like tucker on x it used to be tucker on twitter but now tucker on x uh don lemon is coming back and uh, elon's been retweeting some of his stuff i i I, i'm not in favor of that move but as far as increasing free speech and letting whoever they want to say whatever they want on twitter i'm all about that it's about the money (laughs) It probably is.
1: (laughs) Lemon's charging a fee. Well, he'll do it for free for a while. Then he'll get enough listeners that then he can do a paywall and then he'll have to pay Elon.
4: But speaking of the money. It's about the money. Elon is going to launch payments through X here shortly. It's supposed to be available sometime in 2024. And you're going to be able to use X just kind of like you use Venmo or PayPal and pay each other through the app. I think it's a smart move. I think I use Twitter all the time. I don't like having to go to a different app to pay my friends for whatever. Um, I have a lot of contacts on Twitter already. Um, and so I think it's it's smart. And now Facebook has tried this before. And they actually had like their own payments thing that went, I think, by by the wayside. I think you can still p- technically pay through Facebook. Um but I, I don't use it as much. So will I, I? Mean my question is: Will this payments thing take off for Twitter? Even though other social media apps haven't been able
1: to do it. I don't understand the paying friends thing.
4: Because I, you're old enough that you still use cash.
1: Randy. No, no. If we're out, if <laughs> Venmo we're out with, is, I love Venmo. If we're out with a group of people, we just tell the waitress to split the or the waiter to split the split the check. A lot of places won't do that anymore. Well, then I buy you for the lunch this time and you buy next time. And if we eat at a fancier place this time and not, it's all, we're friends. It's not transactional. We're friends, not transactional.
4: Well, and, but I mean, sometimes, like I was telling you, I recently, um, bought some pretty expensive tickets, <laughs> yeah. especially like concert tickets or yeah. show tickets. Yeah. And usually you want to sit together. So you, you buy the big I lot understand. and then you split it up. But yeah, no, I think it's a smart move for Elon. And he basically said, look, you know, and he's also launching a lot of video, yep. um, properties on Twitter. And so I think, whereas, um, you know, when he first bought Twitter, we heard this is the end of Twitter and everyone's going to leave and, you know, no more Twitter. I think, you know, 2024 is going to be Twitter's best year yet
1: well he's got a lot of ground to gain, right I mean he's got to make up he lost a lot, lost a he lot lost of advertisers, money, and yeah,
4: but I think he's going to be great,
1: yeah, well, he's an entrepreneur, no doubt about it, and he's an innovator that's for definitely sure uh, we're going to check in with Anthony Lupo, of course our meteorologist extraordinaire atmospheric scientist global warming and climate change skeptic. we got to get an update on the snow thunder, or thunderstorm The, snow. Snow, the thunder snow. is there going to be a snow bomb? Is it going to the heat going to engulf the cold? All kind of metaphorical prognostications from Tony Lupo in just a minute. You know, in the Columbia and Jefferson City area, I think it was the storm was mostly a dud I mean the next morning it was worth but up north I didn't realize it I mean in the northern parts of our listening area it's really it was it was a big deal
5: so now because you are affected out. by it no, no, no. it's well, no longer well, a dud. I happen
1: to be affected but that really brought it to my mind that just how severe it was yeah and and people are now PTSDing because I'm getting texts from neighbors right. and from people up in the Moberly, Macon, Central, other areas going like whoa uh, hey, we, we're you know we're bracing for another one. Like you've already slapped the dog once, and you just you go to pet him, and he's oh yeah, you're gonna hit me or pet me. So I thought we'd t- check in with Tony Lupo to see if we're up for you know a, a, a double whammy here from this uh, polar vortex. Those are my words, not yours. Tony, welcome to the program.
6: Well, thank you, Randy. Um, We're ready to talk about this next storm, and it it may be a replay of the first one. Uh, It's following a very similar path. I think the difference with this one is that it's supposed to develop more rapidly than uh, the one we had earlier this week, and it's going to be a stronger bomb, if you will. Okay, so, we're, uh, we were on the fringe uh, right
1: here in sort of the I-70, I would say right along I-70, there was sort of a dividing line between worse, worse or better uh, you know, outcomes. Um, is it, and it was that swirling. If you looked at it on the, on mm-hmm. the radar, it just was swirling like a, like a snow tornado. It was the darndest thing. Is that, are we looking at that again?
6: Oh, yeah, this you'll see the same thing again. And those kind of signatures are not un, all that uncommon because within these larger circulations, you can have smaller circulations, and they'll show up on radar quite nicely now. But uh, this, storm, this storm is going to be much a replay of the last one. We'll have the wind, probably a little more wind, uh, and then with the cold air that's coming in behind it, when the changeover comes it's going to be more abrupt it's going to be very noticeable yep.
0: yeah tony i want to point out that i talked to uh... communicated with michelle Baumstark, the cps spokesperson and she was in a meeting with dr yearwood and their their folks they were actually talking about this very issue because they got to make a decision probably tonight or or tomorrow about what's going to happen And, and, and the models obviously have changed i talked to the national weather service uh, chris kimball and he is going with and again these models keep changing right now one to three inches of snow let's stay starting tomorrow at about noon in snowing on and off through the uh, late afternoon early evening what do do you agree with that are your models showing one to three and is your time frame matching up with that
6: well, that's the thing. There are, there are about three or four models that they use. And the National Weather Service seems to be gravitating toward one that puts the changeover a little later toward noon, maybe even into the afternoon. Some of the models have the changeover happening as early as 9 a.m. So depending on when that changeover comes. And another thing about these models, is that with the last storm, the last storm during the weekend, those models brought the snow ever further north and then reversed course on Monday morning before things got started up. So uh, that's what I'm watching for now. I'm hoping that the models don't do that again, but they they tend to repeat these behaviors uh, during certain times.
0: Yeah. And they're also telling me that we are, we are going to see thunder and hear thunder tonight in, uh, in Columbia, Jefferson city in mid Missouri. They don't believe they're going to be anything severe, but that timing I think is going to be key because, you know, we've got schools. You know, a lot of these schools don't start until 855, nine o'clock. And if we've got that thing coming down, it's going to come down fast. We could have some problems in snowing. When do you see the snow leaving the area, Tony?
6: Well, the snow should leave the area probably after dark, uh, probably around nine, ten o'clock at night. Wow. That's when when folks see it leaving. Uh, a lot of times, what happens is you get some of these snow showers that, and and they're slow to taper off. But uh, that's when things should finally stop. But after that, it's cold.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Tony. Yeah,
3: Tony, talk to us about that a little bit, the jet stream playing a role in bringing our cold, cold, unseasonably uh, cold weather here over the weekend and into the first of the week.
6: Yes, absolutely. What you have going on, and this is happening beyond North America, is you've got two very strong ridges, one in the Atlantic. One in the Pacific, and what they what those combined ridges do, is they kind of knock the cold air that's sitting in the Arctic down further into Canada and the United States. It's like a pincer, and it's got North America caught in the middle.
1: <laughs> okay, so that's uh, that's one element of the weather. Grabbing another and engulfing. I like all these, like, uh, it's like some kind of video game you're describing here, Tony. (laughs) Well, we'll have to keep an eye on it. Thanks for being with us. Hey, if anything really, really catches a, just a total, you know, right hand turn when you thought things were going left, uh, or otherwise, let us know, okay? Okay, will do. Hey, thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Anthony, Uh, Anthony, Tony Lupo.
0: Yeah, I think what he just summed up there is exactly the situation. It's tough to uh, write this. I'm actually trying to get a website story up right now with a new map. We've got three, maybe four different models. The National Weather Service is going with one to three. But just before that, they had one going two to eight inches. And his time frame does not match up with their time frame. And John Ross at Channels, and I'm not trying to point out who, I'm simply saying these guys are experts. They oh, do.
1: it's Battle of the Meteorologists. It, it, no, Come on, it's, let's it's be not, honest not about that. it. It's yeah. just
0: they've, they've got different models. and It's, <laughs> it's really like, hard. And then if that line moves a little bit up or down, that could be a problem. Now, Brian, so.
4: we know you don't like to pick losers. <laughs> mm-hmm. on front and tomorrow's winners and losers. Yeah. So I'm somebody's got to be a loser if they have differing
0: somebody's going to win <laughs> yeah. someone's gonna lose,
4: and someone's going to lose. I expect some names. Everyone tomorrow. can't uh, get a ribbon uh, now, Brian.
0: <laughs> I understand. I will I will try. In some in one of these cases if I'm if I'm uh, if I remind myself of something I've said that's wrong, I'll give myself a little loser of the week, but it's uh, it's all good. I do think it is um these are tougher to to forecast and even to report on than the spring storms, but we're not under a warning right now. But bomb Stark, the fact that he, she and Yearwood were meeting yesterday, that's the largest district here in mid-Missouri by far. Nothing comes close to Columbia in terms of size. They This is going to be a tough call for them tomorrow. Snow's
1: not going to be the big story. My prediction, amateur meteorologist. Mm-hmm. my prediction is next Monday and Tuesday we're going to be talking about tremendous civic and health problems related to the cold temperatures it's the cold's,
0: cold's going to be brutal this, that's these last brutal mid, sub-zero mid,
1: temperatures are going to be something else. for sure else. Yeah.
4: it's like when your eyeballs feel like they're freezing yeah. when you walk outside and it's
1: it, so it's just awful you, <laughs> you can your
5: eyes instantly start watering when yeah, the wind you
1: hits you right and it's dangerous to be out in that kind of weather if you know more than three or four or five minutes so
0: uh, just be careful prepare Official. a big old servant of leftovers.
1: And Enjoy. boy, there's a lot to talk about on leftovers here on Wake Up Mid-Missouri this morning. On the national scene, we really haven't been able to talk much about Hunter's Circus Parade yesterday. Uh, the, the committee, in, in, who eventually did pass a resolution of contempt of Congress, um, he comes in and he's there during the hearing. The Democrats say, let's go for it. Why, what's wrong with you Republicans? And then Nancy Mace Well, she stood up for the strong, independent Republican woman. Mr.
4: Chairman, uh, Chairman Comer, um, first of all, my first question is, who brought Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, Second question, you are the epitome of white privilege. Coming into the Oversight Committee, spitting in our face,
5: ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You
1: have no balls. (laughs) Okay, well, she didn't mince any words, did she, Stephanie? I might have chose different <laughs> words for
4: an
5: official hearing, but <laughs> but we're not upset that she chose that one. <laughs>
1: John, isn't that the same woman who was late to the prayer breakfast because uh, her he busy. boyfriend oh, wanted to about that. get that. jiggy with right. it? Right? Yeah. Right.
5: <laughs> Legend.
1: Yeah, nice virtuous, high uh, conservative values Republican gal there. I yeah, because
5: virtuous and politician belong in the same sentence.
1: Oh, they used to. They used to. There used to be some people that at least had some principled behavior. Now, we're in a social media who can get the most attention by being the most outrageous kind of a world. That's just my opinion.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, and we're seeing the same thing. I mean, stunting, you know, at the state legislature and stunting in Congress in D.C.
1: And Stephanie, just as you were wrapping up with the morning bell, the CPI numbers came out.
4: Oh yeah, uh, I have. I don't have, I haven't dug down up into them yet. Up point three percent.
1: Up point three percent month over month. Uh, well, you know, that's December's increase. Uh, three point four percent year over year. Uh, we hope to talk to someone tomorrow to analyze that because I think we need to unpack that and figure out is that going to have an impact on maybe a pause in interest rate uh, increases or not
4: well and donald trump basically said we're going to have a recession if he's not elected and i i don't know that i disagree with him
1: yeah yeah i mean i i i I don't think we've heard the, the the end of this recession talk on the wings of increased inflation and trying to tamp it down john apparently the attorney general got a mysterious white substance coming his way
3: Yeah, this dates back to last spring, and we had kind of, I don't know, a rash of white powders being delivered to state office buildings in Jefferson City. It was back in April, and one was sent to the Broadway State Office Building in Jefferson City. They tested that one. Seven CST team from the the National Guard, their hazmat unit, tested that, and it turned out to uh, just be coffee creamer. But one sent to the Supreme Court building, addressed to Andrew Bailey, was tested, and it turned out to be meth. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know.
1: I just don't get it. Um, and had a me
3: test- return address on it and all, and they couldn't pan it out. And they had another one in October. Something else yep. turned up in the governor's At the governor's office at the Capitol,
1: which wasn't said to be hazardous. And isn't it timely that yesterday he was testifying in front of the Bayorkas impeachment hearings? um, You know, and a lot has to do with border crossings and drug, mainly fentanyl, but still in the broader category of drug running. What's up on your leftover plate, Miss Hannah?
5: I got some big football news. Yeah. Some big names in college football and in the NFL Uh, Nick Saban is retiring. This came out yesterday um, from his coaching career. He is 72 years old, um, and he's been with Alabama for 17 seasons. So he announced yesterday that he is going to be retiring. And I haven't seen a lot of details yet, but we saw this morning on Fox News that uh, Bill Belichick and the patriots are, quote, parting ways. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see what comes out of
1: Apparently that story. Apparently he's going to resign. And in the category of you think journalists, uh, present company excluded, aren't absolutely <laughs> hysterical against Donald Trump. The other day when he was in the p- appellate court, he showed up for the appellate court hearing and then he held a little news conference after and a couple of local journalists in New York City, outside of the court building, were caught. Um, well, were caught with this audio. Listen.
3: Yeah. The worst part is, even
6: if he
3: has his, wife and he's hanging out of it. He'll be on the other side. of it. <laughs> I mean, if he's driving, we've got a good shot. Yeah. If he's driving with the front window open. Yeah. Or if Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. Like if he just pulls up like JFK. It's like a JFK. Maybe someone, just like they told JFK, you
6: know what you should do? You should take
1: a convertible. It's so nice out. These guys are yucking it up, joking about if only he had a convertible, and you gave him a convertible, Convertible, it could be just like We'd JFK. Have a clear and, shot. I mean... That, these guys should be... Well, stay warm out there, guys. It's going to really drop tomorrow. We'll cover it tomorrow.